Hey guys, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brad, your host, pretending to be Brian. I am here with John. Uh, how are you doing this evening, John? I'm doing, I'm doing well, Brad. Just a, a, a two-man show tonight. It's a two-man show. Brian had prior engagements and could not be with us, so I will be Brian for the day. <laughs> we'll, both, we'll both shoulder that burden a little bit, but Brian will be back yeah, for better. Brian will be back next week, so all you... Brian fans just you know, be, <laughs> all the be people noted. that listen only for Brian. You can turn the show off now. He won't be here today. Yeah, but Brian will be here today. Week. So you'll you'll miss some some Raiders talk and general roster talk. But, you know, you won't have Brian. So if you're listening for Brian, this is where we leave you. OK, I think yeah. we've talked about Brian enough. <laughs> More than enough. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, we. We have a 53-man roster. Well, technically a 57-man roster because it just came out breaking news. Uh, Just before we recorded, uh, the team announced the four practice squad players they're going to protect from other teams. Yeah. Which, which, you know, I don't don't know if people know that or not, but each team gets four practice squad players that other teams can't sign. Which, essentially, if you're a protected practice squad player, functions as just like a game day inactive. it seems kind of like yeah it, it, yeah it it seems like they're they're just adding four game day inactives which they should do that anyway mm-hmm. uh, and you know the the players that the Panthers protected are Reggie Bonifant, Matt Kasky, offensive tackle, um, Kare Vidvik. I'm not even going to pretend to try to pronounce that. <laughs> the guy that can both kick and punt, and um, Natrell Jamerson. Uh, so we saved a running back, a defensive back, an offensive lineman, and a kicker which to me makes a lot of sense. I think Vedvik is probably going to be protected every week just because. I think so too, because he can do both. Like if, if either of the Joey's Sly or (laughs) Charlton get hurt, we've got a guy and God forbid, if both of them get hurt, he can do both. So he's, I'm surprised they didn't just keep him on the 53 man roster, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean the, the the extra practice squad players, it, it kind of makes sense that they didn't. Yeah, I don't know how the protections work either. Like when they expire and when they restart. Like if there's a window in the beginning of the week where it's like, uh, according like to um, yeah, according to Elena Getzenberg's report, Matt Rule said that he will consider changing this every week. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that Tuesday morning is when they have to do this yeah. like after after monday night football is over but mm-hmm. i don't know like I, i'm sure there's a deadline like you i don't know like maybe wednesday <laughs> like you have to have it turned in by four o'clock p.m on wednesday or something because you know if not there's going to be guys like bill belichick that are going to be scouring the the cut wire at like midnight on monday waiting for teams to not do this every week mm-hmm. And yeah. they're gonna feel somebody. So that's, that's what I'm saying. If like Tuesday is a free for all and every nobody's safe, and then I kind of hope so. <laughs> um, with one more general like roster thing before we talk about the Panthers specifically. All right, I guess it's a couple things kind of baked into one. One, 
uh, I kind of like the bigger practice squads and stuff. It's just kind of cool because it's like everybody makes the team. I know, like, like not in like the participation trophy type of thing, but it's just cool, like how many more people have chances to make an impact on an NFL team and like be part of an NFL team and stuff like that. And the other thing of that is I have been had such a hard time keeping up with all of the transactions the Panthers have made from Saturday. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Which, like we had a week. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like F. one F. day um, Effie Abada was cut, then the next, like an hour later, he was not cut because somebody else got put on injured reserve. And uh, it's just, it's crazy. And then the injured reserve, there's an unlimited amount of people that can come off of it. And the minimum amount of time on there is three weeks. So teams are putting just anybody on injured reserve. It's like, oh, uh, you have a twisted ankle, right? Injured reserve. Player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's it like they it, again. It kind of adds to the size of the roster, where it's like you have 53 players on the roster. You have like the bigger practice squad with 16 players, and then just basically you can use the injured reserve as like a another place to kind of stash players that you aren't using at the moment. Assuming you have, you can come up with a means to put them there. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's it's wild and too. messy, but it's it's. I mean, I know for us and for you particularly, as I content frequently, it's nice when there's just constant roster transactions. Yes, yes, it's very <laughs> nice to be able to have something to talk about and write about in in this, because for the last couple of months we've had nothing, mm. and now it's like all of a sudden it's just a, an influx of information coming out. So yeah, I, I do hope they keep the expanded practice squad. You know, I know they're not going to keep it at 16 players whenever this pandemic is over. And I know they're not going to do the, you can have four that nobody else can take away, but I would mm -hmm. like for them to kind of meet it in the middle and, you know, and make it like 12 yeah, or, you know, something like that just to, give more guys an opportunity to make, like you said, to make an NFL team. Cause we started with 80 and we are currently at 60, what, nine. It'd be 69, 69 not, counting, nine, the injured not counting the injured reserve. So that's, that's a whole lot more than we <laughs> usually have. So yeah. I like, cause it. normally I it's like what it. 10 practice squad. So it'd be 63 plus injured reserve, but injured reserve is more of a permanent thing normally. Yeah, normally all three of the reserve is at a minimum of eight weeks, and and, then, and most of them are all after the season because they're going to save those for good players. Because I yeah. think the three players on injured reserve are Eli Apple, Keith Kirkwood, and Omar Bayless. I think all of them have minor issues, right? Um, Keith Kirkwood had surgery to fix a broken clavicle. Yeah, but he'll be back in a couple. Of weeks. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. Eli Apple is a it's a leg injury. I don't remember exactly what. It's and I just honestly like nicks and bruises type of yeah, thing. And like, I honestly have no idea. Train. I have no idea <laughs> who Omar Bayless is or what happened to him. Like, sorry, I don't Omar. Know. Yeah. Sorry, Omar. I don't know. <laughs> so he's like, so, any, any, any athletic looking person could come up to me right now and say, I'm Omar Bayless <laughs> of the Carolina Panthers. And I would believe them because I, I have no idea. So he would not be your like surprise cut. No, not at all. <laughs> Who who was like, I, don't, I mean, your top like a couple surprising cuts, like who that you did not expect? Well, the only two that were any real like surprise, uh, I was surprised that Reggie Bonifon didn't make the fifty three man roster. I mm -hmm. I hesitate to say that, but I mean, 
he's overrated <laughs> by Panthers fans. Yeah. But he's actually pretty decent as a backup running back. He kind of does the same things Christian McCaffrey does, just not quite as well, which is why he's the backup running back. But he got some action last year, and he did pretty decent in the time he was on the field. So I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. to see that, that they would do that. But, you know, I mean, he's one of the guys that's quote-unquote on the roster because he's a protected practice squad player. But I was also surprised that Kenny Robinson got cut, the fifth-round mm-hmm. draft pick. Uh, you know, I know we talked about this in our Slack chat that maybe he's just not very good. <laughs> but I, it's just odd that they gave up on a fifth-round pick immediately like he hasn't even had an opportunity to to really prove that he's good or not good because there was no preseason so we don't even i mean maybe he just he was that terrible in practice or something i don't know (laughs) yeah he's on the practice squad but yeah so the reggie bonifa thing surprised me too um because just because like you said kind of he was the number two running back all season last year which for the panthers with christian mccaffrey was like a very minimal role but it's still yeah. like second on the depth chart and basically fell all the way to fourth uh, this offseason, which is surprising. But we do have to especially it would have been more surprising if we had the same coaching staff because, you know, we don't they don't have the same loyalties. They don't really care what Red Bonifant did last year, but he's got a clean slate. But uh, yeah, he was surprising. True. Yeah, he was surprising. Robinson was surprising. Um, Hemingway and Kna- I don't know how to say Knazik. Kunazic, Kunazic, yeah, Kunazic were a little surprising, but both of them same kind of situation. It was like they were impressive last preseason in front of a different coaching staff, which yeah. doesn't matter this year. Um, yeah, so I, I I think Hemingway kind of they they see Alex Arma as an upgraded version of Hemingway because Arma mm-hmm. can play fullback and tight end. I think that's because they like they released him. They didn't waive him. They just outright cut Hemingway. Uh, yeah. Which was also a surprise, but he's like um, one of the first people that got announced. Yeah, he was like released. the first one that got cut, <laughs> which was really surprising. Um, I was also kind of surprised that they initially cut Fa Obata, mm-hmm. even though they brought him back. It, it was kind of a, a surprise that that they cut him, but he did get the the Matt Rule talks positively about him to the media, kiss of death. <laughs> um, it it seems like if if Matt Rule says anything glowing about you you might as well just go ahead and pack all your stuff uh because every player he said something really good about they've been shipped out within like a week i don't know if you saw it but he did a like a press conference um a couple days ago and i don't know who i can't remember who it was specifically but it was somebody that it would not surprise you that they did this but they basically were like so a little while ago you said you liked fa obata but then you released him today what happened (laughs) <laughs> and Matt Rule's like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I do like F.A. Obata. Uh, it just, you know, we had to make a tough decision. And then somebody followed up like, how come you cut Kenny Robinson? And he's just I, guys, I'm not going to tell you like down the list. Like, all right, this is why we cut this player. This is why we cut this player. So please stop asking me. But I thought that was <laughs> fun. Very professional is- questions coming in that I thought were pretty funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. I mean, but, I don't, I don't know why they would cut Obata. I mean, he's not the greatest, but I, I think he's at least decent enough to be a rotational pass rusher. I mean, it's not like we're, um, overflowing. Like our, it's not like our bucket is overflowing with <laughs> pass rushers. I mean, it's yeah. not like we're the, we're the Rams or, or something. 
But, Aaron Donald is pretty bad. Well, Aaron like, Donald is terrible, especially against the run. Day. But oh my god, um, yeah. If you follow the the analytics versus film Twitter battle today about Aaron Donald, oh boy, analytics uh, took a little hit there today. Yeah, which to be even the whole thing to me was like Aaron Donald is average versus the run, not to get too far off topic, or like very good against the run. Who really cares? That's not why they pay him all the money. They pay no, him because he can get Aaron 20 Donald. sacks as a defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Aaron <laughs> Donald. He's an A-gap defensive tackle that – Yeah. Uh, or a one-gap defensive tackle that gets 20 sacks a year. Who gives a shit what he does against the run? Exactly. And, um, I mean, you know, not to stray too far, but the best part about that whole thing was the, the film that the guy used to defend himself. One was a draw play, and, mm-hmm. you know, anybody's going to get fooled on that. They're already past the – that's why it was a draw. Yeah. Because the quarterback saved his life. Um, <laughs> and the other one, the, the the running back had to completely change direction in the middle of the play and run around the blocking that was set for him going in the opposite direction because of Aaron Donald. So the guy was basically because he didn't tackle the guy doesn't mean he didn't do his job. The guy was basically like, see here how Aaron Donald beats his blocker too fast. So yeah, exactly. Running back has time to change directions and go a different way. So actually. Yeah. He's bad. Yeah, don't 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 be too good, or that means you're bad. <laughs> but um, on the Panthers, uh, I did the roster like prediction where I guessed the final fifty three, and I don't know where it stands now because of all the waiver claims and stuff. But um, <laughs> I got forty eight right, which I think is a not a brag on my part, but I think it kind of is a testament to the fact that like fans tend to overrate preseason performances and training camp and how fluid the depth chart really is when someone like me who has not seen a single practice and has no preseason games or anything to base this off of I get 90% of the roster right I think shows you like how little so to speak training camp actually affects what the coaching staff expects to be their roster yeah I mean for every like Terrell Davis who hit somebody on a kick return in the first preseason game and then goes on to have a hall of fame career. There's um, probably what a million guys like Brandon Wegger or uh, Mose Frazier or some of these other Panthers that we've had in the past that never do anything or never make the team or, or whatever. Like it's, it's extraordinarily rare for you to really play your way onto a roster and stay on a roster on in four preseason games yeah like every hall of fame running back in the preseason they're doing it against guys who aren't going to make an nfl team so and i i have to give you credit you you got um all but five yeah of the roster correct and of our 53 players like 30 of them are completely new (laughs) and weren't on the team last year so it's not like it would have i wouldn't have i wouldn't even bat an eye if you got all but five with Ron Rivera still here because anybody could do that (laughs) but but, you know it's it's actually quite impressive that you got that many considering a month ago we had no idea who was going to be on the team and who wasn't yeah but I guess it was basically like uh you know returning players that are not terrible and uh signees and draft picks was basically the the thing yeah pretty much shout out to um Miles Hartfield and Sam Franklin because they did make the team as undrafted free agents, so that's the those are the two. Oh, even the third string running back wasn't an undrafted guy. Trenton Cannon or whatever. Trenton um, Cannon. He's been around for a few years. Like he played oh, for the really? Jets. Okay. Yeah, I think he's his, gonna be his third or fourth year. Yeah. 
Um, okay. I did. Yeah, I, it was kind of funny because I did not include him, even though like I was doing a little bit of research, just you know, doing my due diligence. Is like Cannon might have the edge because of his special teams value, and I looked it up, and he had like no special. He did. He played like thirty percent of special teams staff snaps with the Jets. I'm like, I don't seem like a lot of special teams value, but apparently he does. Apparently where, it's uh, more than Reggie Bonifon, so yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, he's played. He's been in the league for a few years. Is um, he? Are they like different sizes and and weight? Because that could be a thing too. Because Matt Rule is very particular. Like he wants people of a certain shape. I guess yeah. would be the best way to put it. Cannon's like he wants defensive backs to be tall and fast. Oh, he's smaller than Bonifon. Yeah. Well, he's listed oh. that way. He's listed as five eleven, one eighty five, and Bonifon's listed as surprisingly. Six feet, two fifteen. I would have not pegged him. No, he's not. No, no. That's, <laughs> yeah, they're lying no. there. Uh, that that I would have guessed that he was like. I would have guessed cannon size is what Bonifon's size is. Yeah. Well, maybe so. Bonifon's too fat. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, did you have anything else about the roster you want to talk about before we uh, talk about the real football that's about to happen? Well, I was going to ask you one question yeah. since you did the the legwork and and predicted the roster. How many former Baylor slash Temple guys did he oh, end up keeping? Other than Robbie Anderson, he doesn't really count because he's a a prime yeah, free agent player. target. Like he doesn't he doesn't count. We were keeping him no matter where he went <laughs> to school because yeah. they you know it's a three year deal or whatever. So how many of um, them did we actually keep on the final roster? So, uh, Ravion Roy, the draft pick, was the only Baylor player. And I'm actually looking at this right now. Um, I know Colin Thompson, Colin Thompson and Sam Franklin were both from Temple. And then you have PJ Walker and Tahir Whitehead from Temple, but they're a little different. And so, did, did we not keep that? Um, oh, he's on the practice squad, that Tecklenburg. Yeah. The yeah, offensive lineman that played for him. Yeah. Is that the one that he like talked out of retiring? I think so, yeah. Or no, that was maybe not. And we we claimed Clay Johnston, who played at Baylor. Okay. To be yeah, I fair, think it, I think it is Tecklenburg that he talked out of retiring because I think I remember saying to myself, oh, "That's pretty shitty that he talked him out of retirement and then cut him." <laughs> um, but yeah. Um. Did you know? And I'm sure this is uh, you're you're probably very keenly aware of this, but uh, we have four South Carolina players on the roster. I know. So even more, all the more reason to be cheering. We're going to be Panthers. we're going to be terrible this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is too However, many South Carolina players that want a good. Got too many South Carolina <laughs> players. However, one of them is the punter, and he is either going to be like rookie of the year candidate, or his leg is going to fall off in before week four, <laughs> or he's going to be so terrible that that um, Kari Vedvik is brought up to punt. In week it's two, a, like a very Brad Norman situation where he'll have yeah, like a there, weeks anything could happen. Well, I remember like, like Brad Norman had sixty yard per week. He had weeks where he was like sixty yard punts, like multiple in a game, and then he would also shank like three the next week. Yeah, and we've already seen Charlton do that in practice. He's the guy that was punting them on the Mint Street <laughs> during practice, so it's a miracle they even made the team. Well, it's all that competition. I will say the South Carolina representation is the punter, the kick returner, who's like the sixth wide receiver, the backup running back, and then the a left guard. Yeah. So it's, it's all the glamour positions 
I, I, and to be fair, it, out of those four, I mean, Farrow Cooper is actually a legitimately good punt returner. So yeah, I'm, yeah, glad, yeah. I'm glad he stuck around. The, Dennis Daly's decent enough at guard. Uh, Mike Davis, I have no idea why they're paying him $3 million. Uh, yeah, he's I, been very I good. see that. Yeah, I see that question asked on CSR all the time. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> so don't ask me because I don't know. He's not really worth $3 million, but. You know, I guess Matt Rule thinks he is. And <laughs> the punter is the punter. So, yeah, I think Mike Davis, I mean, <laughs> he's like the least glamorous player on the team. That's not a yeah, lineman. Everybody like, hates him for absolutely yeah, no reason. Yeah, he's, he's the scapegoat right now where everybody, because yeah. he's not a minimum wage player and he's not a key contributor. So everybody's like, this guy needs to get out of my face exactly. as soon as possible, even though he's never done anything wrong. Never done anything wrong to anyone. And he's actually, what, by all accounts, yeah, been very, very good so far. He's actually pretty decent. I think what they're going to do is they're going to use him with Christian McCaffrey like the Saints used Alvin Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram. I think he's going to mm. be the Mark Ingram in that. Yeah. In the in our offense and get carries, you know, inside the ten yard line or on third down or things. And you know, if they split McCaffrey out wide or things like that. So I mean, he's yeah, they probably going to receive more. Yeah. But I mean, my God, he's not, it's not that serious folks. I mean, it's $3 million of a salary cap that we do not have to pay. I repeat, I we do not have to pay any of these players. So yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what David Tepper wants to do with his money. It, it, it's there's, there's zero opportunity costs involved. It's like, yeah, on its surface, $3 million for Mike Davis. Maybe I, maybe we wouldn't do it. Maybe you wouldn't recommend it, but if we release him, the alternative is nothing. Like, yeah, not, it's, that's not, that money's paying, not going anywhere better. Yeah, you're paying one and a half million dollars in dead money for nothing. Yeah. So you might as well just pay it. Uh, you know, well, that's three Reggie Bonifons. Well, we don't need three Reggie Bonifons. <laughs> we have one no. Mike Davis. Yeah. It's fine. I, I promise. It's okay, y'all. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that that goes. But he's been. I'm. I'm I hope he rushes I, for five touchdowns against the Raiders on Sunday. Just to <laughs> shut everybody up about it. I'm, I am interested to see how they do it. We'll talk about this on the other side of this break, because we're going to do that. I'm going to warn you guys that you're about to hear ads. And then we're going to talk about the Raiders game and, and football. Buy so whatever we, products you hear about, because that makes me richer. Yes. I don't know what they are, because I don't get to I don't decide. know what they are either, so buy them anyway. <laughs> they get added in post by other people. But yeah, we'll be right back. And we are back. I hope that you were titillated and uplifted by that <laughs> ad. I don't know what it's going to be, but hey, I'm sure it's going to be great. I hope you've already bought or subscribed to or I tell done you whatever what, I did. You were told it, to do it, by that ad. ad. I, I did, and it has changed my life. <laughs> anyway, but, John, we've got a real football game this Sunday, which is weird because it is so weird. <laughs> I feel like everybody's kind of. It's starting to become more real, but everybody's kind of just like forgotten that football is about to happen because like, I know for me personally, like, like fantasy football leagues have been like way behind with people like reactivating them. It's not very much in like the mainstream news or like stuff. Everybody's kind of consumed with like basketball playoffs and like real world stuff for whatever yeah. reason. And it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, football, like football starts. Like I had a conversation with somebody the other day where it's like, oh, we can do like this on Saturday. I was like, well, the first game's on two days from now. They're like, what? Like, yeah, the NFL starts in two days. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's September. I don't know if you guys yeah. realize that, but 
it's late I mean, in September. Yeah, I, I just remembered yesterday that I needed to prepare things for, for the week for CSR. Like we had yeah. like Daniel messaged me on in our Slack group and it's like, Hey, how do I do this on the offensive preview? What do you want me to do? And I'm like, why are you asking me about the offensive preview? <laughs> and then I look, I was like, Oh wait, shit. That's right. This, <laughs> this is Raiders week. Okay. Yeah, um, the, the Panthers play in four days. I need to be ready. In four days. I think I do need to answer these questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, the the not having a preseason has really like gotten my my timer off. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not ready for just jumping straight into the regular season. Yeah, the preseason's kind of like a warm-up run for content, so to speak, and then it's also kind of like an appetizer to get you excited for the regular season, and we have neither of those things, so it's just kind of like almost have to like remind yourself like, "Hey, Remember, there's that there's football on Sunday, like set an alarm so you don't forget to put the game on. Yeah, exactly. And in a way, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy that it's been like this, because this weekend we're going to see a completely new team with a completely new philosophy, a completely new coaching staff. And we're, we have no idea what to expect. Like we didn't get to see. Like you said, a practice run, we didn't get to see a preseason game, so. This could be a, an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> uh, we could be decent. We could be really good. We could beat the crap out of the Raiders. We could lose, you know, 51 to nothing. I mean, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, like, I, I don't know whether I should expect, like, us to be looking like a well-oiled machine and the Raiders to be running around like headless chickens because they just have no idea what to expect. Or if we're, like, botching in play calls and getting like seven delay of game penalties and playing defense with eight players on the field because we just have no experience with like the NFL, the game mechanics of an NFL game. So I, yeah, I have no idea. And I don't even know who's going to like play or how the stuff, like what kind of stuff the team is going to do. It's going to be, it's going to be, I I think it'll be kind of fun. It'll be kind of refreshing because we'll be going in completely blind. Yes. And even if we're terrible, at least we will be terrible in a different way. Like I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about the new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's much more fun to root for terrible with one, the uh, light at the end of the tunnel or somebody commented on it. And I'm sorry, I don't remember who you are, but it was like, our defense is going to be bad this year, probably, but it'll be much more palatable watching a defense full of like 22 year olds that are trying to learn how to play NFL football and are hopefully getting better like little by little, it's more palatable to watch them struggle than to watch a team full of very highly paid, like 30 year old veterans just get worse from week to week to week. Yeah. Especially when they've been playing together under mm-hmm. the same coaching staff for what? Eight Almost years? a decade. Yeah. Almost a decade. Yeah. That that's hard to watch. <laughs> But yes. I, I can I can watch rookies and first or second year players learning on the job. Yeah, I can I can ex- deal with that. Yeah, you expect them to be bad, and then so you can just kind of cling to the good things they do and hope that they keep building off that. Where like when I don't know, like thirty year old Bruce Irvin is getting washed out of run plays over and over again. You're like, well, that's just how that. Yeah. <laughs> or speaking of. I watched for some reason I got into this rabbit hole of watching highlights like the NFL's extended highlight packages from our games last year. And I started at week 17 and worked backwards. And these are roughly like eight to 10 minutes. So they're like, a, you know, most halfway relevant plays make these uh, highlights. And the so amount of times that, that in that, in that timeline, you actually watch the team get better. 
<laughs> he started in week 17 and went back. I watched, I watched this go from getting <laughs> losing like 20, like 35 to nothing to the first Saints in the first half to where by the end we were like halfway competitive with the Seahawks. So, yes, we were improving. But it was like the amount of times where it was like watching, like, why is the run defense so bad? And it's like, oh, Wes Horton is making first contact with Alvin Kamara with his back at the first down line on a run yeah, play. You, you can't do that. <laughs> or like Mario Addison or F.A. Obata or Bruce Irvin is like on the ground five yards up the field while uh, like the other way. It's like, oh, well, good yeah, thing I'm, all these I'm guys not... have time to grow into their bodies and develop. I'm not a film expert, but that doesn't sound like the proper way to, to do no. it. It seemed it was bad, but, and I think we're going to see similar things this year, but at least it'll be like 22 year old Brian Burns or Yeager gross Mato, gross Matos having those problems. And we yeah. can be like, it's okay. They'll get stronger and more well yeah. equipped to handle that. Or Jeremy Chen biting too hard on a play fake and getting burned deep or something, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, he's twenty two years old. That's that happens. Yeah, he's yeah, he's got to transition from uh, one our detail FCS football to the NFL. He's gonna have his growing pains. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play this Sunday, though. Me too. I do like that they listed him as like a co-starting linebacker with Jermaine Carter. Yeah. I, I think they're going to just line them up. They're going to do like I like um, Clemson did Isaiah Simmons. They're just going to put them mm. all over the field. And yeah, I'm like, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's like a 4-3 defense, so to speak, but it's really like a 4-2-5, like a 4-2-1-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-
or I can try to throw it downfield and get my clock cleaned by the defensive <laughs> end, who has already beaten the right or left tackle, by the way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, so it, it's not hard to see how he racked up all those catches. I, But I, I'm like you. I hope we see more unique formations, more ways to take advantage of what those players do well, mm-hmm. uh, which some somehow was a foreign concept to our previous organizational uh, coaching structure. I don't know why, but it always has been a problem in the past. But hopefully that's what we are going to, you know, we're going to evolve to like, you know, Ron always liked to use that we're evolved, but we never were. So hopefully we finally will be. It almost seemed like, and I don't want to make this into like a, let's bash the old coaching staff some more, but it almost seemed like they kind of regressed especially from 18 to 19 with how they used it. Had 13 carries in 2018. He had six in 2019. Uh, Curtis Samuel had Curtis Samuel had more carries in 2019, but it just felt like we got away from doing like jet sweeps and bubble screens and stuff. And we're just like quick slants and halfback dives. Yeah. It was and, almost like they, they didn't trust Kyle Allen and Will Greer to do it, which is, which is probably <laughs> a fair thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but hopefully Teddy Bridgewater, who I don't expect to be a world beer this year, is at least like competent enough and as an NFL quarterback and smart enough as an NFL quarterback to just, you know, run the offense as it's supposed to, even if the team isn't talented enough. Yeah, Bridgewater gets a lot of hate too because of him being the new quarterback, but mm-hmm. He's another guy that I think fans should give a little bit of a break. It's not like he called Matt Rule and said, "Hey, cut Cam Newton and sign me." Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't he didn't cause any of this. He doesn't deserve any of the hate. He just happened to be the guy that they called and said, "Hey, do you want a 3-year deal worth a what lot is of it, $60 million dollars?" Who would say no? Like, what was he going to do? Yeah. No. Uh, uh, the fans team. are gonna be. The fans are gonna get mad. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. why? Why would he say no? Um, yeah. So don't don't bring all your hate onto Teddy Bridgewater. It's not his fault. Uh, I do think he's probably too good for us to lose enough games to get Trevor Lawrence. And a lot of people are gonna hate him even more when that becomes a reality. Mm. But I mean, he might actually. You know, some some players they're decent or mediocre or even bad until they find the right fit. And we could be the right fit for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I don't, I just, you know, you just never know. He, we could eat, we could either go 12 and four or three and 13. And either one of those is entirely possible and likely. I I think the three and 13 is more likely. I think the three and 13 (laughs) is more likely too. Uh, I think we're probably going to finish somewhere around five and 11. Like that's generally what I'm feeling. But, you know, I mean, you never know. We might surprise people. I don't think we will, but I mean, I, I do think we'll be just good enough to not be the number one overall pick. Which, yeah. And and that's that, fine. I would rather yeah. them go 5-11 and 11 and enjoy watching them than go through another 1-15 or 2-14 season. Those are yeah, miserable. I, yeah. I don't, I, and then we, we have a lot to compete with with Jacksonville. Yes, they're going to be terrible. Jacksonville is going to be terrible. So you might as well. And then I've seen a lot of people that are like, oh, we go 5-11 and and we're out of the quarterback race. And it's like 5-11 and was what the Dolphins and Lions went this year, and they picked 4th and 5th. 
Like you could, st- you're, and they got Tua, and uh, the Chargers got Herbert. The tra- I'm, I'm, uh, the the Dolphins the traded down, didn't they? Yeah, they got pull Tua it up right at now. like seven. I'm pulling it up right now. But basically, um, you you get a top ten Chargers, pick if you only win five games. Yeah. Oh, it's like top eight. It's like seven. Usually, the, there are seven to eight, five and eleven are worst teams. Yeah. So you'll be top eight, seven, top eight at worst. I think the Panthers were eighth this year at five and, and eleven. Just, yeah, and just because you get the the number one pick doesn't always mean it works out. Like yeah. Patrick Mahomes and, wasn't the number one pick. Yeah, and then like the other teams are expected to be bad. Like if Cincinnati goes three and thirteen, like they're not going to pick a quarterback. No, they're not. Like so the Dolphins not... aren't going to pick a quarterback. Uh, they could be bad again because they've mm-hmm. got a rookie quarterback. The Chargers the Giants, may yeah. or may not be good or bad. I don't know. Um, yeah, the Chargers but, and Dolphins both went five and eleven, and both got their guy at quarterback. Yeah, so it's entirely possible. And Trevor Lawrence isn't the only quarterback in this draft. No, Justin Fields is good. Justin Fields is good, and the kid from North, from North Dakota, Dakota Lance. State, yeah. yeah, he's good too. So there's three right there that are good. And, and the top I'm, eight, there's two teams that probably won't even need a quarterback. So you've got a 50-50 shot at getting a good quarterback. And then there's uh, inevitably going to be somebody that emerges this year, like Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow oh, was not course, the number yeah. one pick the year before you. Yeah, of um, course. For the Raiders game. the college football season. <laughs> there is well, there's been there already is there's been well, a college I mean, football season. I, I mean a real college football <laughs> season like the the, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, those teams. Yeah, yeah the Central Arkansas and Middle Tennessee. The Central Arkansas versus Army. I don't think the quarterback class is going to yeah. benefit from that one. Speaking of, real quick, did you see that North Dakota State is playing precisely one game this season? I did see that. It's basically this- to let. Um, scouts see Trey Lance play football. That's pretty much yeah. the, only, <laughs> so they, <laughs> the only reason. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, anyway, the Raiders. Do you know what I think is pretty interesting about the Raiders game? What's is that? uh, they are probably, and it works out that it's the first game of the season, is it's probably the only, it has to be the only wide receiver group that is of comparable experience to the Panthers secondary. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen their depth chart at wide receiver. I actually have not. Let me. I'll let me tell you because I I was reading about it today. Their most experienced starter of their top three wide receivers is Hunter Renfro, who I believe really? is going into his second season. Wow. Well, yeah, they have Aguilar and somebody else behind it behind them, but their their starting wide receivers are Hunter Renfro. Um. Brian Henry Edwards Ruggs and Brian and Henry Edwards. Ruggs. Yeah, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs are rookies. Yeah, Brian Edwards Hunter... is pretty good. He went to South Carolina. He's pretty good. Oh, more South. Look at South Carolina. Hey, Will Muschamp's put us on the map. <laughs> so, yeah, at least in terms of getting drafted players, <laughs> which I guess is it's like a compliment to his to him and then also an indictment that they're not actually ever good as a team when they're exactly. out all this NFL. We have so sandwich. many NFL quality players but yet we can't win more than six games Uh. yeah (laughs) but yeah so the Raiders have a second year player and two rookies starting a wide receiver which matches up nicely with the Panthers starting what third year Dante Jackson and rookies at corner I guess Rasul Douglas is a veteran he'll probably play some and then they have Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar as backups who are more experienced but more bad as well so yeah Nelson Aguilar (laughs) Couldn't catch COVID nineteen without wearing so, a mask. Perfect so twenty twenty wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I probably so, uh, shouldn't make a COVID joke, but still, well, he can't it's catch. Late. It's too late. Um, so there's that. I guess you could say it's like a. I guess it works out for the Panthers in the sense that it's like a good kind of easing into. You know, it's a good first game for an inexperienced. Yeah, it's a good welcome to the NFL. Or an experienced defense to where, at the very least. They don't have like Michael Thomas or Julio Jones out there just scorching them. The, the worst yeah, they have to worry oh about is. Could you, could you imagine if we played the Saints or the Falcons in Week One? Oh my God! Yeah, would. we play the well. We play the Bucks in Week Two, so Mike Evans will probably have a field day. But yeah, which that's that's going to be that's a whole other. We'll worry about that next week. But yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I don't. Other than that, I don't really know like how to preview this game because i don't yeah, know anything. i don't either i mean i don't know the raiders could either be like competitors for the wild card or they could win just three games like and anything is possible i have no idea yeah I, like we so, don't have a preseason to to judge them by mm-hmm. and you know it, it's, it anything could happen i mean I, <laughs> it's it's gonna be fun to watch so um yeah, so like I, I wanted to, and I think we'll do more. We'll be we'll be able to do a better job of this as the season goes on. Be able to be like, oh, the Buccaneers are good at this. The Panthers are bad at this. How are they going to do this? But right now, it's just like, well, we'll see. Well, I, I guess. Yeah, well, we'll find out. So, but who do you think wins? I think the Raiders are going to win. Uh, I think, I think they do have one advantage that we don't. They are they are used to playing as a team. Yeah. They they don't all- have 30 new players. They don't have a completely <laughs> new coaching staff. You know, I, they have that advantage. Uh, they're not a great team, but week one is that week, even with a preseason week one is the week that literally anything can happen. Like we almost beat the Rams the year after they went to the Super Bowl in week yeah. one you know, like anything can happen. So, but I, I just, I don't see us being able to overcome an off season during a pandemic with no preseason games, no practices for several months, no OTAs, none of that stuff, a very limited training camp. I, I just don't see us overcoming all of those obstacles in week one to beat a team that's experienced playing together so I think the Raiders are going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. Like, I don't think it's going to be a, a a blowout. I think the Raiders are going to win something like 24 to 17 or something like that. Yeah. Like, it'll be within a touchdown. I think that's what I predicted in the thing that everybody will see on Thursday. I think, I don't know if you see the score, but I think I predicted Raiders like 31-24 or 28-24 or something like that. Yeah, that's um, I'm thinking that too. It's going to be yeah. close. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think we have the little bit of advantage, and Matt Rules talked about this. Like there is an advantage to um, nobody having any idea what you're doing. That basically lasts one week. Maybe yeah, two. this is the only game we have an advantage with nobody knowing what we do. Mm-hmm. But so I mean, and we're yeah. also we're at home, so that does help too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Raiders are what three and a half point favorites in this game. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think we'll, you know, it'll be a four to seven point loss. I don't I don't think we're going to get blown out, but I don't think we're going to win either. 
I'm trying to find. I can't remember what this article was called. Is the athletic the athletic did a thing where they rated, they gave a score, based on how, um, how much the teams were the same as the year before. And I can't think of the word they used, so I can't find the article. You know what I'm talking about. Teams that were the same as they were the year before. Yeah, like the Panthers. So like they gave the teams a score based on how continuity, much continuity. Maybe. Yes, that was the word. Okay. Thank you. I was like, I know it's a C word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of it, and I'm pulling it up right now, and I'm just saying words to keep this from being dead air. But to your point, like with the advantage of playing football together, um, and I don't know if Top on the podcast, so I don't know if anybody else has heard me talk about this, but basically, the athletic thing rated teams on how much continuity they had from 2019 to 2020 based on like who their quarterback, coaching staff, total like snaps that were returning, and all that stuff. The Raiders are ninth with an 89.3 score. Most of their offenses, I assume. I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the Chiefs were number one with 92.3. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So the Raiders, like from this thing, they're returning most of their 88% of their snaps from offense last year. Um, Their defense isn't as much turnover, but their defense was bad last year. So that doesn't really matter. Now, the Panthers, for context, they're 32, which I think everybody would have guessed. They're the least continuous team from last year. Uh, the 31, the number, the 31st ranked team is the Patriots, who score. Panthers are 32, and their score is 15.3. Wow. <laughs> like above the Panthers, it's like 51, 51.3, 53, 54, 54. Like, you know, they're kind of clustered together. Yeah. And then you go off a cliff. To the to Panthers. 15. To 15. Damn. Yeah. 29th highest percentage of offensive snaps returning. The fewest defensive snaps returning. New Only team with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, and new starting quarterback. So, yeah. It's wow. going to be It's going to be tough to be like on the same page in week one, even if it's a relatively weak opponent in the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, like you said, they've, they've done this before together for the most yeah. part. So... So it's tough. It's a tough one to win. It just, I don't know, just on its face, it seems like it'd be hard for us. Like, hey, yeah, never coached an NFL game, like, or in the, the coordinators too, never called an NFL game and never even practiced calling an NFL game in the preseason. It's like, yep. And they just came right in and beat those guys. Yeah. Like forever. So that just, it seems far fetched. It does. And, you know, I, I get having faith in the team that you root for and all that and, you know, being a fan, but I just, I can't logically, I I can't see us being very successful. Yeah, I can't either. I would love to see it, but I just, I can't, (laughs) uh, you know, I'd love to see us come out and score, you know, 50 points and not give up anything, you know, win 51 to 20 or something like that. I just, I don't see it happening. I just, I, yeah. It's just too much to overcome, especially now if if it wasn't for the pandemic and all the lack of preseason and all that, I would be a little more confident that we might could pull something together and win eight games or nine games. Yeah. But I, I just with the way this season off season didn't happen, I, I just I don't see it. I mean mm. So we, we both have the the Panthers going 0 and one, losing to the Raiders in a decent 
football game that which I think will be the story a lot of times this year. Like they'll they'll try hard, they'll do all right, but they'll have a hard time closing teams out and stringing together enough stops defensively to win consistently. Yeah, I think we're going to see a a younger version of that 2001 team that only won one game <laughs> where we're we're close a lot. Yeah. Like we're in it, but we just never can pull it together and win. We're not I don't think we're going to be like 2010 where we just look like we didn't belong on the same field. Like I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and hopefully but hopefully we and hopefully it doesn't cuz that's dreadful to watch. I know. But I do expect them to win more than one game. But that that also is just like I mean it's fluky to win one game. Yeah. I mean, I I see like we'll probably win one or two division games cuz those anything can happen. Yeah. Um and we play let's see. Just we play Washington. Up. Yeah. Yeah, we play that's, Washington that's... late in the year. That's a push. Um we play the Cardinals, we play the Chargers, they have a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and the Chargers the always are the team to lose to bad teams for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Especially at home, and the game is in Chargerville. So, um, you know, I, I think we could probably win three or four games. We might could beat Denver, especially if Von Miller's out for the year. Um, yeah, he looks like breaking he news. The the Broncos are afraid Von Miller's going to be out for the year. But you know, I see five wins max. Just looking at it. Yeah. By the way, the uh, Panthers team that went one and fifteen was zero and nine in one possession games. Yeah, they were terrible at closing the deal. Yeah, um, they so won you, the first basically... game of the year and then then lost fifteen in a row. Yeah, and that's basically what we're talking about expecting this year, except the close game because the the you know one possession game record is somewhat uh, is very variable from year to year. And so it's very hard. You can't predict a team to go winless in one-score games. So if they yeah. just get two or three of those, then now we're looking at a four-win, four-win team. So. Yeah, and it's like if, um, like a kicker misses a field goal or a ball bounces an opposite way than it normally does, or mm-hmm. things like that, I think are going to be how we win five games. I don't. Yeah. I don't think we're going to thoroughly outplay anyone, except for maybe Washington. Except for maybe Washington. <laughs> that's the one game on the schedule where I like that I look at I'm like if if I had to predict like the more likely outcome like I said in the comment to to Mick Smiley's article I was like I will have no idea what the four will be because they won't none of them will be expected except for Washington yeah that's the only one I would predict the Panthers are are more likely to win than not yeah like that's the only game this year that I would even consider betting money on yeah is that in favor one. of the Panthers in favor of the Panthers. <laughs> the others I would consider betting money on the other team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you got anything else before we let everybody, let everybody go. I think that's it. Brian. Right. Okay, cool. Brian. No, Thank no, you. Notably no, silent. Yes. Wow. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Brian will be back next week. Be the, the the trio that you're used to, and we'll talk to you guys all then. See ya. Yep, and we'll we'll be back to regular weekly posting. Yes, regular, now that the regular. season is here. Um, so you know, hit the subscribe button, like us on 
Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz, and read us on Cat Scratch Reader. And go Panthers. Go Panthers. See you. Later.